You can only have one, so choose carefully, she said. Ha! Well, I showed you, Ma. Look at me now. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 130, for the week of Wednesday, the 20th of August, 2014. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... John. Adam. And Scott. And this episode is brought to you by the Pop Culture Superstore and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Marvel Universe Infinity Gauntlet set, and our discussion topic is the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Marvel Legends Thanos Imperative box set. Welcome back, gentlemen. How are you? Hey. Hello. Yo. <laughs> uh, some hearty enthusiasm. That's what I like. Hey, Mr. Adam, what have you been up to? I have been sick for a week, which was great, caused by a wide spectrum of antibiotics. Those things don't always make you well. Ew. You. Yeah. Yep. Um, other than that, not a whole lot. Doing a lot of running. <laughs> not a whole lot because I was sick, but... um. Doing my of into my last week of preparation for the marathon, so I get to sit on my ass for a week, which is good. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and you realise, in terms of like you know fitness and and nerds, um, we live vicariously through you. Yeah, I've had a few people point that out to me. Yeah. <laughs> good on your brother. Well done. Huh. <laughs> what about you, while, Scotty? While, while you're sitting on your butt this weekend, that's how the rest of us live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Scotty, what's happening? Um, well, currently my youngest has a friend here for a sleepover, and I'm pretty sure I have her convinced that if she makes any big noises right now, she's going to end up on the radio. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to uh, communicate that, but when she interpreted it that way, I was like, yeah, let's work with that. Um, yeah. For sure, yes. If you make loud noises now, you will be on the radio. Um, so it was a surprise um, sleepover. Was woken up this morning at about eight o'clock by my youngest saying, "Oh, um, I think I forgot to tell you that I think this friend thinks she's sleeping over tonight." <laughs> and I said, "And why would she think that?" And she said, "I don't know, but I think she thinks she's coming in about an hour." <laughs> <sighs> Thankfully, it is a friend we really like. Yeah, well, uh, that helps. Yes, well, who has parents that we really like? Mm. So, um, you know, this, some kids. Um, just come and slot right in and it's just like, you know, having another, you know, it actually kind of makes managing the children easier. So that's good. But yeah, I've been good. I've been here all week and uh, just enjoying family and work and all those good things. So all good. Very good. Very good. What about you, Mr. Nerd? Well, you know, I've been watching the, the voting bracket for the DC versus Marvel thing over at, uh, at TV and film toys. And, huh. um, there, there's some upsets, I think, that are going to happen. Uh-oh. Oh. I, the, the good news is, is Aquaman is, I'm pretty sure he's going to beat Cyclops. Oh, I was going to say, did he get beaten by, like, Lois Lane or something? <sighs> no. No, but it looks like Wonder Woman's going to beat Captain America. Well, I, I should have hoped so. Oh, no. Nice. Yeah, I thought, th- Crazy. I thought that would go the other way. Really? Yeah. 
Awesome. And uh, it looks like Abin Sur is going to beat Falcon. What? Yeah. That's lame. Lame. Who, who thought up this dumb game? And there's <laughs> there's one hero out of everybody that does not have a vote. Anybody want to guess who it is? Aqualad. No, actually, he has. Looks like maybe one or two votes. Are you serious? It's actually, yeah, it's actually um, Gambit Blade. Oh, Blade. Because no. <laughs> uh, Blade is up against Batman. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. There were some pretty um, uh, easy decisions and some um, pretty challenging ones in that first bracket. But given that yeah. it's t- TV and film based, you know, Wesley Snipes was pretty badass as Blade. Well, and see, that's kind of how I looked at it when I matched them up. I was like, eh, you know, that could be a challenge. Mm. Oh. Blade 2 is a great film. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hawkeye, Hawkeye Green Arrow has, like, been kind of real close. It's, I mean, it's still now 46 to 54%, so it, yeah. depending on when it closes up, it, it could go either way, really, on that one. <laughs> so if you're, listening, error. if you're listening and you haven't exercised your democratic right to um, play in fantasy games, then go and do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah go and do it. We'll probably be in the round two when this comes out, but that's okay. Come vote in round two. Yeah. So, can I can I give a plug for something else? By the way, yeah, uh, we get any money from it? Definitely not. Mm. Um, a couple, uh, maybe about three or four weeks ago, I was contacted through our website by a lady um, who was asking for help identifying um, a very large collection of action figures that had been left behind by uh, her son, who very sadly had passed away, and. I said to her that I was happy to help. Uh, She had photos, but she didn't know how to put them on the internet. She said she could send them to me on a memory stick, and I said, that's fine, but you're in America and I'm in Australia. Do you really want to do that? And uh, I was actually going to offer her to send them to John, but before I could, um, she'd already been to the post office and sent this memory stick from the U.S. to me. Um, And with it was a, a note that said, here here are the photos of Robbie's men, which was her son. And uh, it was really moving um, to me just to kind of think about, obviously, her loss, but also um, somebody, you know, very similar to us. When I looked at all the photos, it's all the stuff that we collect. So we started the Robbie's Men project. Um, There is a a public Google Doc that has got links to all the photos that I was sent and uh, a place for you to help us identify these. And it's only been up for about a week. Pretty amazing. It's nearly done. Um, There are a few gaps. Um, There's some Power Rangers um, stuff in particular that I think we still need some help with. A little bit of wrestling um, stuff. But if, if you have... If you collect Justice League Unlimited, Marvel Legends, uh, anything WWE, Power Rangers, etc., please come over to the forum, afbforum.com. Just search for the Robbie's Men Project, and you can find all the information, and we would really appreciate your help. And it has been awesome to see the community really come together um, to uh, help and with this uh, project. And, um, yeah, it would be great to see it finished off. Mm, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Very good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was surprised at how fast things were getting built. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just the power of um, the internet, you know, like, and people sharing. And there's people there that have contributed that are not, you know, members of our forum or, um, you know, people that probably know Action Figure Blues 
well, but because people have shared and retweeted, you know, etc., um, it happened really quickly, and uh, yeah, which is just awesome. But obviously, we want to give her the clearest information that we can because I think her plan is then to put that to sale. Um, so, yeah, any any help in finishing off greatly appreciated. Yep, very good, very good. All right, well, I think we should probably come back and uh, do some articulated news. Cool. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure! I'm Bill S. Preston Esquire! And I'm Ted Theodore Logan! In concert! And I make them play! Speaker connects to figures and most cassette players to make figures play music! Now on drums, that bodacious barbarian Genghis Khan! Yeah, our new pal from old China! Excellent! Let's rock and roll! Squeezing their legs gets them jamming! Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure! Party on, dudes! Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news and articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We are not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to the things we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. Adam, kick us off. Thank you very much. The first thing that I've got to talk about is 3-0R doing a Gabriel figure from Last Man Standing uh, Kill Book. Um, he's a bounty hunter, and apparently he's some sort of paladin um, and genetically created and designed to be physically perfect. He looks a lot like <laughs> Robocop as far as I'm concerned, with a Judge Dredd helmet, but uh, I guess if that's what he looks like, that's what he looks like. I was going to say, so, it's meant to be physically perfect and he looks nothing like me. That's just an issue. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's the first thing I thought. Yeah. It's Although I do walk around with an American flag dragged around my, draped around my, you know, Next, so that's one thing. Yeah. yeah. Three Zero are doing some interesting stuff, but they seem to be all over the place with their licenses. They don't seem to have that kind of niche thing that they do. They seem to be grabbing stuff from video games, stuff from manga. Um, they're just sort of all over the place. Mm. But um, they certainly are doing some. These are the guys who are doing the um, Titanfall Atlas. Oh, yeah. I get I, my main complaint is that it sounds too much like 3A. Yeah, and yeah. so every time we talk about it, I have to stop and go, are we saying the right thing? What does that mean? Is it 3-0? Is it 3A? Mm. Cool thing about this figure is it comes with like a cat in a mech suit. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, interesting. I'm, I'm not making that up. He He comes with a whole bunch of weapons and stuff, but he comes with a cat in a mech suit. I and buy it just for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's tempting. Hmm. Tempting. So that guy's going to be about 13 and a half inches tall. Yeah. I guess, good, and this is uh, one six scale, you'd be expecting that sort of high, sort of mm. sub 200. Yep. Mm. Scary. Yeah, yep. it's nice. It comes with a big-ass gun. That's got to, you know, count something. And a big-ass cat. Yeah. Well, I don't think yeah. the cat was that big. I'm just trying to join in. Yeah. <laughs> Righto, moving on. Um, also from th- 3-0, we have uh, one six-scale Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is the um, Michael Bay Turtles. Um, so they look like they're going to be statues rather than um, actually... Oh, I'm not sure from the prototypes. It looks like there are some joints, but yeah, they don't look hyper-articulated or anything. And at the groin. Yeah, very. Er- it says very early sculpting stages, so still... Proto, yeah. but it does look a bit like there is a bit of articulation. Mm. Oh, they'll, they'll cut that in later. We'll see what happens there. 
Um, and there's also the Matrix APU, which will come with a six-inch pilot figure. Mm, they seem to be going can, can crazy, I, their mechs and... Mm. Can I ask, is there anybody that really went out and asked for this one? Uh, as in the, the Matrix turtles, or no. the Turtles? <laughs> I, I was thinking the Matrix one, but... So this is Matrix as in, is this from the movies? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's when they have the big battle. And I've never seen them. Yeah. And not the first one, right? That's like from the second or third one, I think, isn't it? Uh, yeah. you, they come in, yeah, they come in played in the second one. No, those movies wrecked my professional name, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's how you used to always introduce yourself, didn't you? If, I know, yeah. Now, the first time I was disciplining a kid in the playground and they turned around and said, Mr. Anderson. I was like, damn it. <laughs> I hate these movies. Did they follow up with, how about I give you the perk <laughs> my phone call? <laughs> no. <laughs> and continuing with the Ninja Turtle theme, uh, Prime One Studio, who I haven't heard of before, but that's okay, um, have obtained a license to do a quarter-scale statue based on the new Ninja Turtles movie. Uh, they've released a, a teaser for their uh, RAF, who's done in polystone. It looks really nice as far as what it's a representation of, but it's still not my turtle, so I'm passing. Mm. This looks... And, I've never heard of Prime One Studio. I, I'm that completely new to me. Um, but this is an amazing-looking sculpt, like the level of detail. I'd actually be very curious whether all the straps and stuff on his arms are actual material. They are a Japanese company. Yeah, very good. Because if that's, if that's sculpted, it's astonishingly good. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, it's a beautiful looking piece, and but like you said, Adam, I think it's just you know it's just not quite my version of the turtles, but it's a beautifully done piece. Yep, it's bloody huge, twenty two inches tall. Yeah, um, pre order in October, so it's a while hmm. to wait and remember as well. It'll be interesting to see how their prices go because some um, quarter scale is obviously quite common now. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they price up compared to other companies' quarter scale stuff. Hmm. But it's going to be expensive to get all four of them and get them shipped to Australia, so... Well, I have my sideshow ones, so I'm more than happy with those. Thank you. <laughs> Good. Um, moving on to my final piece of news is that Diamond Select uh, have a, a announced a black and white version of Marv as a Toys R Us. I think it's a Toys R Us exclusive. Yes, it is. Um, from the upcoming Sin City Dame to Kill for movie. Um <clears throat> which looks pretty good as far as I'm concerned until you get to everything below the waistline. Yeah, it's got those weird sort of articulated pants. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, just the notion of articulated pants made me laugh. Yeah, Articulated yeah. pants. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but my local comic shop still has Sin City figures in the sale bins oh, yeah. from the last film. Yep. Um, what? What's with the joints on Marv's hips? That's what we were talking about, yes. Bladed pants. Yeah, but they no. go side to side. Yeah. They're, they're, the, the way they've done his hips, they're very peculiar. If you have a look at Marv, not Hardigan. <clears throat> don't your hips go side to side, uh, John? No, I don't move at all. Hmm. <laughs> True. <laughs> Some if you've ever seen me unusual. dance, you'd know that. <laughs> that is really actually, weird. You know, I saw these in the store last week. I didn't pick up on that. Um, I saw the color ones. Mm-hmm. And um, they were okay. I th- 
They were a little on the high side for price. They were up in the $25, $30 range, I think. And I just, I don't see that. Are they in the 7-inch scale? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I don't understand how anyone jumped in with licensing for this, given that the, you know, mm. how cheap the, the previous ones were going for, sort of 5 and yeah. $6 each. The, the color ones just don't look right to me because it's no. not you know, not close <clears throat> yeah. to the screen. And, and the Bruce Willis looks off to yeah. me as well. Yeah. yeah, it's got a slight sort of comic-y, as if mm. Bruce Willis was drawn into a comic. That's what he'd look like. Mm. Yeah, very good. Very good. Not for right. me. Not no, for and me. it's an R-rated movie, you know? <clears throat> yeah, well, I, I can't watch that stuff anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of things Scott probably doesn't watch. <laughs> um, Mezco has a New York Comic Con exclusive Sons of Anarchy <gasps> Prison Too scary Orange Prison Variant Clay And they're saying this is from one of his various prison stints um, <laughs> I, I, th- I think there's a couple of different versions Because I think I've seen a different color um, as well So this is uh, Mr. Ron Perlman In action figure glory in a prison outfit So and boy, is he good in this show. Yeah, we just started watching this not too long ago. Oh, now, Ron Perlman is fantastic. Better I'm than actually. in Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This is this is Ron Perlman at his finest. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It looks like compared to the um, Breaking Bad figures, they might have some articulated arms here. Yeah, but we're only seeing cuts kind of across the shoulders and maybe the wrists. Yeah. Wow, it's something you get excited about when it's got like six points of articulation. Yeah, I just, I don't know. And, and this wouldn't be one, you know, why would I want the prison variant early? That mm. would make a lot of sense. So it uh, looks like he's got SJCCF on the back, which I'm assuming stands for San Jose County Correctional Facility. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Got the little uh, spider web tattoo on the back of his left elbow. And the the paint on this just looks really flat to me, and that I don't know if that's just because this is a prototype or what, but it just looks flat and mm. too crisp, almost on the tattoos and stuff. It's a really good likeness. I yeah, think just, likeness isn't uh, bad. I just don't understand squint. what what are Mezco actually doing? I mean, these are the guys who brought us like the, the most fantastic Hellboy action figures, and now they're bringing us what is you know uh, essentially stations. I think yeah. these are aimed at uh, people who are fans of the property and not just, you know, your average discerning action figure collector. So, so like, that, all that Breaking Bad stuff, I mean, that that was just, you know, the most atrocious action figure, well, not even an action figure, sculpt used over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously sold because people love the show and there's not much else to buy for it. So I'd say this is probably the same thing, but it doesn't seem like it would be that much harder to at least put some leg articulation in there. Mm. Well, if you're going to use it over and over, if you make a good figure to start with, people would buy it over and over. Mm. You know? No, well, I'm, I'm sure we'll be revisiting this figure again and again. That's right. That's right. We've got the green, you know, prison variant, and then the uh, blood spattered, um, black mm. and white. Yeah. Paisley. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Homemade shiv variant. Oh, oh. <laughs> the black and white stripe variant. Spoilers. Mm. Mm. Always popular in prison. Big, the Beagle Boys. <laughs> well, 
we'll move on because uh, the next one actually made some waves in, in the circles that I travel in on the webs. And that is the Transformers announced in their Collectors Club, um, which is not affiliated exactly with Hasbro, connected, but not part of Hasbro. Um, just like G.I. Joe, they have a subscription service where they have figures that you subscribe and get. And one of them is going to include a G.I. Joe figure, which is uh, Marissa Fairborn with Afterburner, the Transformer Afterburner. And she is um, part of the Transformers cartoon, but related to G.I. Joe because um, she's the daughter of Flint and Lady J. <gasps> Crossover? I had no yeah. idea. So if you want to get this figure, you'll have to subscribe to their figure subscription service, hmm. which is probably going to drive G.I. Joe fans crazy, I would imagine. Yeah. Is there so, uh, any interest in this for yourself? No, because I'm not that that interested. in I, I, their subscription service was a little pricey for what hmm. you know I'd be interested in <laughs> for one figure. You know, I mean, yeah, you could sell the rest off, but. And they go pretty well. I mean, if you do that, you can piece them out. I imagine a lot of people will be doing that. You know, buying a subscription and then selling off what they don't want. Yeah. 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 Very good. So, yeah, that'll be good. And um, Jack Specific, you know, that juggernaut of toy action figure goodness, uh, has introduced Ooh. some new uh, six-inch uh, Nintendo action figures. We've got Mario, Donkey Kong, Link, and Yoshi. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot Bowser. So, And this is uh, Donkey Kong Country Donkey Kong, so it's the, the good guy Donkey Kong. <laughs> and, you know, because we've been seeing all of the uh, um, SH Figure Arts Mario stuff, this one just doesn't cut it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got spoiled there. Well, uh, thank you, Mr. Nerd. And uh, Scotty, what have you got in the news? Well, I'm returning to some Turtles news, but this is not the movie, new movie Turtles, thank God. This is uh, still with Jack Specific, but a 48-inch Michelangelo figure that looks like it's based on the new animated series. Mm, it does. Yeah. So what, 40, what's 48 inches when it's at home? Is that like... 48 inches would be... Uh, Four feet? 96, 120 yeah. centimetres. Good grief. That's excessive, don't you think? 1.2 metres. Yep. And uh, this is going to uh, run you $90 US, which doesn't seem a lot for something that's four, four feet tall. Um, but I imagine that shipping... Oh, my goodness. Shipping weight, 105 pounds. Must be solid. How can they make that for 90 bucks? There you go. That can't be right. No, surely not. Wouldn't it be Roto, like Roto? I, I have no idea. I have no idea. But anyway, if you're into um, life-size turtles, um, because they wouldn't be more than much more than four feet, would they? Ben, you must know. How tall are they really? Uh, fifty-two inches. <laughs> 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 so there you go, nearly life size. <laughs> um, then this is your thing. And uh, speaking of oversized things that are uh, large in height, but not necessarily great in quality, um, still from Jack Pacific, we have a DC Universe 20 inch figure Batman and Joker two pack. Hmm. And uh, these look uh, tall, 
<laughs> and um, big. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. They have a very New Fifty Two looking Batman, and then a very not New Fifty Two looking Joker. And yeah. And the shipping uh, 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 weight is only 8.4 pounds. <laughs> are these in the same vein as the ones we're seeing in stores at the moment? Like there's the big Darth Vader, the big Power Ranger, the the big um, John Cena. Yeah, there must be. Mm, yeah, yeah, but I thought those were like 36 inch. Are they? Do you know, I, I yeah, think 20, they were 20. 20 inch is weird. Yeah, those those are bigger, the ones you're talking yeah. about, Ben. I mean, we're seeing the, um, you know, the Titan series and equivalents, the 12 inch ones that are, mm. you know, not for us, but great for kids. Um, and then those really big ones are, um, local. Target has got like two, uh, shelves, like rows full of those giant John Senna's. Um, with extended nipples are very disturbing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, then, then there's these. Um, mm-hmm. so there you and go. The technical term for them is fuck ugly. <laughs> well, thank you, Adam. Um, I'm, I'm quite happy for you to put that out there. I might not say it myself, but, um, and, uh, on something that is, um, a lot more inspiring than those couple of things, I just thought I'd give an update on the Amazing Heroes Kickstarter that we interviewed Bill Murphy from Amazing Heroes, um, a few weeks ago. And that Kickstarter currently has nine days to go and it is two thirds funded. So they are just at about 20,000 of a 30,000 goal with nine days left. They've also added in um, some new things, including a green turtle uh, figure, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. So um, you can, if you ordered the, if you pledged for the uh, set of five, um, which was the $80 best value, um, there is now a, a new level that is for $100. You get those five plus um, the, the green turtle. Um, so you might consider going back and modifying your pledge. And it would be, if you haven't checked them out, I really would encourage you to do so. It would be fantastic to see that get over the line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, I guess that brings uh, the news down in my way. Um, well, this week we saw. Uh, oh wow! I've got a whole bunch of Funko news. I'll just get out there and say we could make the usual jokes about the, blah blah you know, blah blah. Yeah, the Funko <laughs> sponsored segment of the news, but they really um, should. They really should sponsor. <coughs> well, I think so. Well, then again, we're doing the job for them. Mm, yeah, true. Um, but anyway, um, it looks like we are going to get a turtle van in the Funko Pop vinyl now that. You know, vehicles aren't unusual, but they certainly are with uh, pop vinyls um, because they are such an odd little item. But uh, for those of you who are collecting the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you're going to be very excited to find out that you can get a little uh, turtle van, and it looks like it's got space to pop one of the pops in the top. See what I did? Pop there? a pop. Mm-hmm. Pop a pop. Mm. pop, a pop. Um, Michelangelo Pizza Pop is only available with the turtle van. Look for it to be released in September 2014. So, do you do you go in for this sort of thing as as an extension of the pop vinyl, or, or you think sort of the pop vinyl stands on its own? And 
I think the vehicles are awesome. I mean, this isn't my thing, but I think that the vehicles are cool. You know, the, Mm. um, my, my eldest who collects the pops has got the Batman, you know, the, the TV Batman Batmobile. And, uh, I, you know, I think it's fun. Hmm. I, I do have to laugh at the, uh, comment there on the news item about the, the turtle van where, uh, someone says, I'm waiting for the announcement where Funko states they have a license to make pop figures of every single human being on the planet. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they parted, parted with Google or something. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, Facebook. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's a marketing idea right, for well, you, Funko. Well, Yes, well, moving on with Funko news and to a bit of a uh, WTF, and that is that um, Funko are making pop finals of American Horror Story, <gasps> which, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, hmm. Okay, well, I guess, um, you know, it's a good show. It, it is a, a, a fun watch, um, but... I didn't think it would extend itself to pop vinyls, but they've gone and done that. Um, most of the human characters are fine, but um, I have to say the Rubber Man is creeping the bejeebas out of me. Him and the Papa Lake are probably the two coolest in this series. Um, mm-hmm. What I don't get, though, is, is the Rubber Man. He is season one. Yeah. And everybody else here is season three. Yeah. I'd say the rubber man's just, you know, he's just one of those characters who stands out. So if you've got the, uh, the license, uh, you know, across the, um, its entirety, you might as well just go for the, uh, those that stand out the most. They couldn't, they couldn't throw us uh, a uh, a season two figure at all. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed um, a couple of characters are there. Then the numbering on the pop finals are in the 160s. So, um, you know, I assume that how the Marvel <clears throat> and, you know, DC pops, et cetera, continue numbering. It, it seems like, um, their TV properties are one continuous line. So if you were going to, um, commit yourself to getting all the pop vinyl, uh, TV characters, you'd certainly be in for spending some money. <laughs> so, mm. all right. And not surprisingly, in a, another pop vinyl, um, News item, we have that there is another Stanley pop vinyl. Hmm. This one is the Wizard World Chicago, and uh, this one is sporting the red box with the number two on it. Um, folks probably remember me complaining endlessly about um, Everything. other pop vinyls that... Oh. Shut up. <laughs> that came out with the uh, the number one on them. Okay, so I, I think I understand what they're doing now. So there was a first wave of figures. There was five figures in the blue box, and they were numbered one. And now we're seeing a second wave of figures for different um, exclusives uh, for different comic cons around the world, and they are in the red box, and they're numbered two. So um, this guy, to my knowledge, is the uh, seventh... No, the eighth, um, the eighth figure to to be done by uh, Funko. So Stan must be um, leading the race in terms of having the most number of uh, pop vinyl figures made of him. So, I can't. I can't think of anyone that I would be less interested in owning eight toys of. I, I just, <laughs> can't think of anyone. No one person. So that that bum, that homeless bum. I would rather have to go to get your coffee. Yep. I, I would, would actually rather have eight hobos than eight Stanleys, but anyway, there you go. <laughs> what about Bendis? 
I would no. Oh, I don't know. What about eight of Toy Guru? I would rather have eight Toy Gurus than eight Stanleys. You would have you can at least do horrible eight. things to them all. That's really quite bizarre, and I can't believe you said that. I just I can't go anywhere else. <laughs> I do, I'm just I'm I don't want to come to blows or anything, but I'm not really a huge Stan fan. Oh. Dun dun dun! Yeah, we, I'm just we, we finally found the item that will break the podcast. That's right. <laughs> I just no no no. I'll put some uh, some cow poop in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our last bit of news is uh, something from Hot Toys. We saw it debut at San Diego Comic-Con, a couple of pics getting around, but uh, it's now up for sale. And that is the Hot Toys Batman Arkham City six-scale action figure. So this is really interesting. This is uh, Hot Toys finally stepping away from the uh, the movie-inspired figures, and um, they've obviously picked up the license for the uh, the video game version. And so this one is Batman from the Arkham City game. Um, and, uh, you know, based on the reference material, it's actually quite accurate. Um, seems to come with a whole bunch of extras, which is not unusual for a Hot Toys figure. I think there's about nine different hands. Um, you also get um, two different portraits, which is the um, fancy action figure term for swap out heads. Um, and you get an assortment of weapons from um, grapple guns to batarangs and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and he will set you back a uh, grand total of 200 and, well, let's just say 230 US dollars. And I can't remember what it said. Oh, expected to ship in April 2015. I think so. his head is a weird shape. <laughs> Fair I, enough. I do. Fair enough. I'm, I'm a fan of this in terms of um, I've always liked the longer-eared Batman than the really short sort of Jim Lee, Frank Miller style. Um, and I've always been a big fan of the less armoured suit. Like, I'm not a fan of the Nolan suits with all their big armour plates and stuff like that. But having said this, this really does look like the proverbial um, wearing your undies on the outside. <laughs> you know, he's got some bunching kind and of then, going on. And, and then stuffing him with a sock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He looks yeah. really bulky. It looks like he's got the rubber suit over a figure, so... Yeah. Mm. Mm. I prefer the um, the standard portrait more than I do the angry portrait, but um, they're both very nicely sculpted. So I think the, sta- the standard portrait is the one that really makes his head look a weird shape. I think it's the lines of the mask um, that yeah. just he just kind of looks like he's just got a, a really misshapen head. Yeah, they've come down on us a bit of a, a, a wide angle rather than sort of straight down. Um, but, um, oh, look, you know, when you see the, the full shot of him, um, just standing there, it, uh, you know, it's actually quite a, a nice looking figure. And I guess it uh, gives us a bit of hope that eventually they might look at doing sort of comic accurate stuff. Mm-hmm. So the, there you go. Uh, the angry one looks a little, what was that, red rain? The, the one where he had the, the mm. vampire thing going on. The Kelly um, Jones That's what that one reminds me. Yeah, that reminds yeah. me of that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be very interested to sort of see how this goes with the suit because um, obviously it's over the top of all the joints and everything like that. I'd be interested to see how well it actually moves in terms of, um, you know, when you do move the joints, whether the, you know, the suit bunches up. 
So anyway, it's uh, interesting, and it'll be also interesting to see, hopefully, for those folks that are going to pick this figure up, um, it's a, a big enough hit for Hot Toys that they'll do some uh, some other characters from the series. Well, I'm, so, I'm actually glad I don't like it because it's one less thing I have to worry about buying. Yeah, well, that's right. It's, um, I mean, you know, look, I'd like to see it in hand, but I don't have any overwhelming need to pick it up. So, righto. Well, that wraps up the articulated news, and we'll be right back with the next instalment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. Now it's time for everybody's favourite podcast game, Name That. Our good friend John, a.k.a. Engineer Nerd from TVandFilmToys.com, presents us with an action figure sound, and the aim of the game is to guess where it's from. Over to you, Mr. Nerd. Well, last week I said I'd put in an easier sound, and you know what? I just, I can't do yeah, that. You so. lied. Yeah. I, yeah, I just outright <laughs> lied. Yeah. Yeah. Lied. So, um, no wonder I have trust issues. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll put that sound in right here and let folks listen to it for themselves. On my way, target in sight, coordinates confirmed, hold position, sending in reinforcements, fire. Congratulations, Jill. So, guys, do you got any guesses? <sighs> I mean, when you, from the military sound, it, it does kind of sound G.I. Joe-ish. Well, you're, you're going along the, the right path. The right mask. Path. It's not huh? a mask. No. It's actually, um, a steel. Is it corpse? <laughs> it, you, you're, that's probably closer than G.I. Joe. Um, it's from a Soldier Force Steel Badger playset, which is kind of one of those G.I. Uh, knockoff it's... lines. That was my next guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I figured it was. So I'm sorry. Um, but yeah. Do you know, do you know what's, badger. do you know what's really, really embarrassing? Hmm. What, what's really embarrassing, other than the fact that I'm not wearing pants, is the fact that I actually have that vehicle. You are kidding. Nope, I am not joking. That's why I said it sounded familiar. Hang your head in shame and put some pants on while you're at it. They, I'm surprised they... that you said, why are you embarrassed by not wearing pants for once? Uh, no, no, no. Well, well, yeah, good point, good point. But I <laughs> actually saw this vehicle for sale in Kmart, and it was on sale for a stupidly stupid price. And I always keep an eye out for that sort of stuff for um, doing sort of customs for scenery for Warhammer 40,000. And I thought, oh, yeah, that'll make you know, a really cool sort of big-ass troop transport. And because it was so cheap, uh, I picked one up. So there you go. Wow. Well, <laughs> you should have got that one then. I should have. That's why the that's why the uh, the the gun firing sounded familiar. You I think some... he should lose a point on the forum. He, hey, he gets the micronaut <laughs> one. You've got Which... so many. <laughs> gets the micronaut one, but then misses this one of something he actually has. Yeah. Mm. Uh, wow. Well, maybe we can. Get but having said that, I have never i've I've never actually heard commercials for that line. I haven't either. When I came across, mm. I was like, eh, yeah, somebody will know this. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we can pick something out that maybe Scotty has that doesn't, you know, but he'll, he won't remember next week. So yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll put that in right here. Battling the enemy on her. Here we go. 
But when the fighting's over, Dana has time for a workout. <laughs> then she goes to a fabulous party. Dana, you look so pretty. One more time for good measure. Battling the enemy on her... But when the fighting's over, Dana has time for a workout. <laughs> then she goes to a fabulous party. Dana, you look so pretty. And what do you guys think you do whenever uh, you have a guess on what those are? Uh, you go to the forum. And Adam, where's that forum located at? I reckon it might be somewhere on Action Figure Blues, but it's not directly at actionfigureblues.com. It's afbforum.com. Yep. So you can go there and make your guesses and maybe get points, and you can go uh, help out with the Robbie's Men project while you're there too. That's right. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks for that, John. Coming up next is the toy of the week. Ammunition dump on my way. Target in sight. Coordinates confirmed. Hold position. Sending in reinforcements. Fire, Steel Badger. Congratulations, Steel Badger. Mission complete. The Steel Badger playset. Available now at Smith's Toy Superstores. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail, and these might be new releases, or we might talk about favourite or bizarre items from our collection. And this week, Scott has Toy of the Week, so Scott, take it away. Thank you very much, Ben. Um, I started to mention a couple of weeks ago uh, the story behind me getting my hands on this year's Marvel uh, exclusives from San Diego um, Comic-Con, and then stopped, because I thought I'd share it when we reviewed the toys, which is tonight. Um a couple of days into Comic-Con, um, my sister's uh, partner posted that she was uh, at Comic-Con for work. She's not a um, Comic-Con person, but she was actually there working with the Oculus Rift uh, stand that were doing something. And I just sent her a little message and said, are you at Comic-Con? <laughs> if you have any time, would you mind looking for these two small items for me, please? And uh, she did, and she's awesome, and she's my favorite sister's partner ever. Um, <laughs> my sister only has one partner, but still, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so they arrived this week, and I'm talking now about the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Marvel Universe Infinity Gauntlet set. So this was, of course, one of Hasbro's exclusives. It is a 2014 release and acquisition, and uh, it's currently going for uh, somewhere around $200 on eBay, <laughs> plus shipping. So I'm very happy not to have had to pay that. Yay. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a really interesting set. This is a set of four three-and-three-quarter action figures plus a Infinity Gauntlet that you can wear. In what I have to say is the wackiest packaging that I have ever seen. Um, when I took this out of the box, I actually, these arrived at work and the, the, they were separately packaged and she'd put this one in a big, you know, kind of like padded bag thing. Um, and I normally when I get pressured to open toys at work, 
I'm like, no, no, look, it's a statue, it's breakable, I'm not going to open it here, rah, rah, rah. But this one, basically, they were like, if you don't open that, then we're just going to assume it's a giant sex toy. And so you, you have to prove to us that, that that is not something completely bizarre. Um, so I proved to them it wasn't a sex toy, but I don't know if I actually proved that it wasn't something completely bizarre. Um, so this is, it, this is really interesting packaging because it's designed obviously around getting this wearable infinity gauntlet out there, but then also displaying the four, uh, figures. And so they're each in a, their own little plastic bubble, um, in this stand. It's actually very sturdy. Um, unfortunately, this is not collector friendly packaging at all. Once you open this up, there is no way to get it back together because you have to um, do some cutting. So as well as not being collector-friendly, I would also say this is not skin-friendly um, because uh, the plastic is sharp and you really have to kind of do some ripping and tearing to get these figures out. And if you have tender skin like somebody I know, me, um, then uh, be careful. Um, but if you, if you are going to uh, worry that you might regret opening this, then don't, because there is no way to put this back together. Um, so having said that, I'm an opener, and so I opened, and the four figures that we've got here are Thanos, Star Fox, oh sorry, Mistress Death, then Marvel's Star Fox, and Marvel's Nebula. So I, I don't know why we have to have the Marvels in front of some of the characters' names, but that seems to be, I'm sure it's a licensing thing. So there you go. And uh, Star Fox, believe it or not, was actually the big draw card um, for me here. I must be the only one, I'm sure. But um, when I first started reading uh, Avengers, Star Fox was in the team. And so even though he's a you know D-list nobody in Marvel Comics today, he's always been like one of the, you know, a, a cool Avenger in my mind. So it's really cool to get a Star Fox action figure. Um, and Nebula too is a, a comic accurate um, version. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, in terms of these figures, sculpt wise, Thanos, obviously we have seen uh, before multiple times. He's had um, a couple of different single carded releases in what was Marvel universe. And then he's also been released in a two-pack with Adam Warlock. And in terms of those different releases, this is, I think, closest to that two-pack release in terms of the deco. It's all the same sculpt, uh, but the the deco here with a, a quite dark blue um, bodysuit and then golden highlights on all of his boots, etc. Um, one thing that is different is that the Infinity Gauntlet on his uh, left hand is translucent. Um, so for those people that love collecting translucent variants, etc., this is not just a Thanos that we've had before. This is something different. So yes, be prepared to go insane. So then we come to three characters that haven't done been done before in this line before. And I'll look at Nebula first. So Nebula is pretty much a straight repaint of the Aurora um, figure with some additions for her boots that um, look like custom sculpts. Um, one of the things that 
Marvel Universe, uh, well, slash whatever it is now, um, has really improved on over time is the overall quality of the standard female buck and also the uh, use of some soft plastic um, for things like hair to be able to show the longer hair but also allow some movement. And so this is a good example of that all working well. Um, Nebula is a blue-skinned lady, and her face and hands look like they've been cast in blue skin, but that works fine for this. And uh, despite having those lovely locks of hair, um, which she does in the comics but didn't in the movie, um, she can still turn her head, which is great. Um, she also is a victim to... Uh, the really spindly, gammy legs that the Marvel Universe slash Infinite normal sized ladies have. Um, so, but she's actually pretty poseable. She's got, um, you know, good, uh, well, I'll talk about articulation later, but later, but she's actually pretty poseable. Um, so great, great use of the reuse of the Aurora head sculpt. Oh, her, uh, right leg just dropped off. Um, yeah, that's, that is one of the regular features of the Marvel Universe, uh, slash infinite line. And, um, I'll get to that in a moment. So thankfully they pop back on just as easily. <laughs> there you go. Demonstrated for you here. Um, one thing I do th- is find a little bit odd with this figure is that the way that her hands are sculpted makes her fingers look quite long, like her middle finger and uh, her ring finger are sculpted together. And so just the way that it's been sculpted, just, I don't know, she looks like, um, yeah, like she's got extra long fingers or something. Um, oh, her leg popped off again. There you go. This is Can just... I just ask about those those sort of boot tops yep. that she's got. They... It looks like it's just an additional piece that's just been put around the leg. Correct. Yeah, it actually slides up and down. So they've just they've just popped it on the leg um, before they put the foot on. Um, Intergalactic leg warmers or something. (laughs) Yeah, but they're actually you know they've actually they're sculpted. They're not just um you know little tubes. They've got little sculpted buckles on them. Um, So I suppose that's the one bit of custom that she got. Oh, plus the hands. I don't know where they came from. Um, then on to, uh, Star Fox. Um, Star Fox is basically Quicksilver, um, repainted. Uh, so he's got the, you know, they've got the same hairstyle, so that's fair enough. And then he's got his, um, little collar, um, and sleeve stuff sculpted on to the torso. Um, one of the things I've always found strange about the thinner male buck on the Marvel Universe is that the torso bit is really, it's just a bit elongated. Um, so I think I'm sure that an anatomy professor would have a heyday with this. Um, and, uh, he also features the pop-off leg, um, feature, um, which is awesome. Um, but it, he's the hardest of all of these guys to pose. Nebula, even though she's got the gammy legs, um, I have not found difficult to stand. Um, but Star Fox has got that very typical, um, just kind of posing and stability issues that the thinner male buck from this line has. Um, and then we have Mistress Death. Now she's not really an action figure. She is a staction figure. Um, she has no articulation. Oh, actually, hold on. Does her head move? Yes. 
Okay, I tell a lie. She can turn her head um, to give scary looks at people in different directions, um, but the rest of her is just a sculpted piece. Um, but she actually comes with a swap-out head and hands so that you can display her as the um, the pretty lady version of death or the skeleton and skull version of death. And therefore, her little hood... Um, is removable as well so that you can make that change. And that was actually pretty easy to swap out, but tiny, tiny pieces then, particularly the little hand, um, very tiny thing to try and hold on to. So I'll just be keeping her as the skeleton version and storing away the other bits. Um, besides that, the only accessory that comes with these guys is besides the giant wearable infinity gauntlet, um, is a Infinity Gauntlet that um, can be worn by the smaller characters, so by Star Fox or by Nebula. Um, but unfortunately, it, it's a bit lame. It's not like the swap-out hand version that has come with uh, figures previously. It is one that's meant to sit over their hand, and so basically it really doesn't work and looks silly. Um, so I, in my photo album, I've got one rear shot which is not meant to be showing off star fox's bum um it's meant to be showing off the sure it's not well i'm sure you know he would like it that way um that's just the kind of guy he is but that's not what i why i took the photo i took the photo to show that the kind of half infinity gauntlet thing does not really work it's a bit silly um paint wise these are all very good um you know this is something that is hit or miss with these uh figures but i haven't had very many you know major paint issues with marvel universe slash infinity over the years um these are all really nicely done the head sculpts um the face paint on nebula and star fox are both great we have eyes facing in the same direction etc um, we've got nice clean lines um probably the only thing on all four of them that i would uh nitpick is that the there's a been a, some sort of blue wash run over the white sections of um star fox's costume and it is a bit too blue um so it kind of looks like he's decaying from the inside because it's kind of blue really super blue right in the kind of torso area uh, but otherwise um all good so in, in terms of these i mean this is really fun like it is a an, and and obviously putting out a wearable infinity gauntlet which is extremely cool i've got to say um and may have been worn once or twice in the house today and possibly um used to threaten children with being vaporized etc um raising them from existence yeah exactly um so <laughs> uh and of course my kids have seen guardians of the galaxy so they were very interested in you know the the link from the film to to that etc and uh that's super fun getting these characters and uh you know, I think it does show that, you know, there are people at Hasbro that do actually understand the comics. You know, Star Fox in particular um, is certainly not, a, you know, A-grade character in the comics these days. Mm. Um, and so to get a figure like that is pretty cool. The fact that we got the um, comic-accurate version of Nebula um, as well 
is yeah, and obviously there's some clever reuse of existing parts here, um, because the money has gone into the packaging and the the you know wearable infinity gauntlet. Um, but I I'm not going to take points off for it not being collector friendly because obviously you just decide whether you're gonna you know if you, if you don't want to open it well then it's going to look great for a very long time, and if you do well then that's a choice. Um, I I'm going to give, just take one point off in general for the usual loose joint leg fall off issues that happen with these toys. Um, but to say I'm really happy I got this and I'm going to give it all a nine out of 10. Outstanding. Very nice. Yeah. I think the, th- so, sorry, where, where are you, where are you going to keep your infinity gauntlet? Is that going, you know, in the bedroom? Is- <laughs> <laughs> I probably will take it to work. Actually. I think it's a great, um, you know, I've got quite a little collection of, geeky stuff on my desk and bookcase and stuff and i think it could make a great little conversation piece um are you gonna put it with your hulk hands i don't have hulk hands i know it's a real failing um so it's so fun like it's just so i I reckon i will take it to work because if i leave it around here it'll get tidied away somewhere um yeah but the one thing i have to say actually i forgot to mention is that when i opened this up at home when i got this out at home my wife, who normally just kind of glazes over with all this stuff, just looked at that packaging and just said, I'm, I'm visually completely overwhelmed. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to make any sense of this. And yeah. I can't not, I cannot understand why anyone would like this. <laughs> Weird abstract art. And I was like, but it's so cool. Cause I, I know the characters and she's like, I, I get that. Like I can look at the statues and even though I don't like most of them, I can understand that. <clears throat> That, you know, that they are, you, you get the characters, whatever, but I just look at that and there's just so much to visually process that it just makes me feel nauseous. <laughs> so she was very relieved when I said, I'm not going to be keeping it like that. I'm going to take it apart. Mm. Don't worry. Uh, very good. All right. Well, that wraps up the Toy of the Week. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the new items we've added to our collections this week. From the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the battle of the superpowers collection. Can it be the supermobile on the attack? The Lexor 7 armed with kryptonite? Will the supermobile repel those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle? Activate Ram! New from Kenner's superpowers collection. Vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin, fish bait for Luther. Can the supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. Well, we're all here because we collect, and Feeding the Addiction is where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders that we've made. And, uh, John, anything? (laughs) Yes, but um, I'm going to save mine for the feedback. What? Oh, good grief. Oh, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Uh, Keep us in suspense. It's been a while. You must have picked up some stash by now. Um, I can't remember if I was on before my last shipment arrived, but that one was pretty good. It had um, two waves of um, Avengers Infinite figures, so I've set aside the ones I'm keeping and the ones that are going to go into the Christmas tree for charity. Nice. Um, so that's what I'm doing nowadays with all my duplicates because God knows I don't need more Captain America. <laughs> um, but like, the poor children do. Absolutely. Yep. Poor kids can't afford Captain America. No way. Um so I got my Sailor Venus. I got oh, my... Sorry, that sounds like a disease, a Sailor Venus. Is it? Yeah. I'm sure there's a pill for that. Yeah. 
you know, it's a razor for, for ladies. <laughs> um, I got my figure arts non-Super Saiyan Goku. I got my figure arts um, bases that were those rocky bases. Um, oh, yeah. So I got, yep, so I got two of the grey ones and two of the beige ones. I got a set of the NECA um, figure stands. And I'm trying to think if I got anything else in that. Mm, I think that was it. Hmm. So that was Sweet. a good haul when that arrived. Yep. Quite a haul. Yeah, straight. Yep. Yeah, straight. Very nice. All right. Mr. Scott, I bet you got some stash. Uh, well, I got my Marvel San Diego stuff, and the only other thing since last we spoke that I have picked up is the DC Collectibles Power Girl and Huntress 2-pack which I am rather pleased with and which I am planning on doing a review and photo set for the Action Figure Blues website. Cool. Yeah, so they turned out quite well. Um, it's nice to see that the quality control issues that unfortunately happened with the or two figures seem to have been a one-off. Um, at, well, yeah, well, no, it's still Earth 2. There's you know some new Earth 2 figure issues we're going to talk about later. Um, but uh, it's great to see that, you know, th- their overall good quality is still there and no issues really with these two uh, figures. They turned out fantastically. Hmm, very good. All right. Well, I guess that just leaves me. And I picked up the San Diego Comic-Con Marvel Legends Thanos Imperative set. And, uh, hey, maybe we should talk about that later. You know, that's a great idea. Hmm. All right. Well, in the meantime... No one has any other items to report. It's time to award another red card to someone or something in the toy universe. What is this bizarro world? Well, red card is a chance that we take to poke fun at the what the fuck moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail, action figure, or worse. And uh, handing out penalty this week is going to be me because I'm awesome. So, what we have here is a wonderful, wonderful specimen. It's from, I believe it's DC Collectibles, not DC Direct anymore, DC Collectibles, uh, Earth 2 line. It's from Wave 2, and it is a wonderfully feminine Superman. It's <laughs> oh. an understatement. <laughs> I'm, I'm very enamoured by his buttocks. I like the... Uh, the sculpted, you know how when you wear spandex and you get the, it doesn't quite really follow your ass cheeks like comic books would have you believe. <laughs> uh, we had that whole issue, what, two, three years ago with, there was a statue or something of Wasp and everyone was up in arms that they'd done that to our ass cheeks. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm loving that. That's fantastic. It's quite a shame, uh, this because the, uh, prototype that, you know, the photo that we were shown, um, had quite a nice head sculpt. Um, and, uh, when I saw this, I had to go back really and look at the comic reference and go, is he meant to be like a girl in the comic side? Mm-hmm. And he's not. He's got yeah, beautiful complexion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, the, the early prototype, or sorry, I'd say it's the solicitation image yeah, yeah. they provided, but- was actually uh, a pretty normal looking figure. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's certainly youthful in appearance, but he, he's also got a lot more detail in the face yep. than the, the final, um, figure. And so, um, we were quite surprised when someone posted on the forum this week a uh, close up of the, uh, the final production, you know, as you can purchase in the shops and, um, yeah, look, it's a it's a fail on every level. Like the, the the loss of detail is apparent, 
Um, and of course, that's what really hurts it. So, mm. you know, the, the more detail you lose, the, the, the more youthful, um, you know, a, a figure will appear. And so, uh, it doesn't help either that the eyes are offset from each other. And, um, <laughs> I think what Superman also is really suffering from in the DC reboot is the lack of the spit curl. Um, you know, if, if he, well, I mean, if, no, if he had the traditional hairstyle with the spit curl, that would sort of lend itself just a, a little bit better to, um, to, you know, identifying him. But this, you, you wouldn't, you could show this face to, you know, a thousand people and no one would say, oh, yeah, that looks like a Superman toy. Um, it really is quite bizarre. He actually looks more like a, a Ken doll. This, yeah, but his complexion, his complexion is perfect. It's beautiful. That's because he hasn't hit puberty yet. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but the the plastic that his face is sculpted in looks different to the colour of his neck. Sure does. Yeah, got two different colours um, going on there. Mm. This has got to be just one of those really frustrating. You know, this has got to be really one of those frustrating issues where the factory has just absolutely ballsed it up, mm. and <clears throat> you know, what do you do then? Do you junk the whole thing? Um, which, you know, companies have done in the past, um, or, uh, do you just put it out? And I think this is, uh, I think this is a consistent issue. I've seen some of these in person and they look exactly like the photos that we're seeing, um, of the, you know, the end product. And to me, when something has been done that badly and, that far off from the solicits. I mean, like you look at the, the first wave of Earth 2 and the sculpts are fine. There are paint issues. Um, and so, you know, that's unfortunate, but you kind of live with that. This to me is not even the same sculpt. Yeah. And so, and, and I, I would say that's not, you know, DC collectibles changing their mind or substituting, um, something else. That's just the factory. Uh, doing yep. a really, really bad job, but then that's where I think to maintain your reputation um, and the quality of your product, then you say, "Sorry, we are not putting these out. We're going to have this redone and just eat the cost." Yeah, well, that's exactly right. But I mean, you have to wonder just you know how much leeway you've got in a contract to just go, uh, uh, "Seriously, uh, dude, this is what we gave you, and this is what you gave us." Um, mm. You know, are, are you seeing anything here? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? I think probably. The, you know, that's the, uh, flip side of getting them done. Cause obviously the reason that they are made in the kind of factories that they're made in is because it's the most cost effective way to do it. Mm. And so that's the, that's the flip side of, um, the, uh, I guess that kind of economy of scale is that mm. yet we can get it done for, you know, this kind of cost, but then it's a bit of a crapshoot as to what you're going to get back. But, I mean, it's been done. You know, like Bowen Designs, if you go back a few years, had a bust, I think it was the Avalanche bust, where mm. they, you know, got them, they sent a few out and then said, look, sorry, we're, we are not satisfied with the quality of these, and so we're going to throw them away and yeah. start again. And I don't think that they got any money back for that. I think that was basically a, we've got to eat that cost. Um, but, you know... But, you know, you think there has to be somebody who sits at the top um, at, at this company and they give the final approval. Yeah. And you'd have to think that they were sitting there going, how is it that we handed over a prototype that, you know, I guess looked like a bit of a nod to, you know, Henry Cavill and they've given us back a Bangkok ladyboy. <laughs> <laughs> 
to me, it's not even the same head sculpt. And it doesn't, mm. you know, the, the, it's so far off in terms of paint as well. Like, um, and it's interesting because the Earth 2 Batman that is in, like, the, this second wave of Earth 2 figures has got Superman, Batman, and Hot Girl. I haven't, I haven't seen the Hot Girl yet, but I've seen the Batman and he looks great. Yeah. And yeah. You'd, you'd have to think they were probably done at the same factory. I don't know. Like, it, so yeah, I don't know what's I, gone wrong. Do you, do you know who that head would be perfect for, though? Is uh, North Star. Mm. I'd look good on a North Star figure. To me. To you. <laughs> I, I think that's that's who it looks like to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Mm. It's terrible. Mm. Oh. <laughs> well, I think uh, coming up after that well-deserved fail is our discussion topic of the week. Hey, kids, I'm here to tell you about two extremely famous corners. Mario Mario and Luigi. From the Super Mario Bros. movie. You wanna know what makes him super? Cause they triumph over the evil Koopa and his brain psychics, Iggy and Spike. Using only their plumbing tools and they battle the Goombas. Koopa's hideous dino human army. Those Goombas are scary. The Super Mario Bros. action figures from Earl. But don't worry, they're not real. Well, Hasbro continues to produce Marvel Legends in a manner that is both confounding to collectors and also suggestive of hope for the future. And the figures that are the most sought after continue to be the hardest to get. And the San Diego Comic Con 2014 was once again host to an exclusive set. And for our discussion tonight, we're breaking down the San Diego Comic Con 2014 Marvel Legends Thanos Imperative box set. And uh, if you haven't worked out by now, listening this far into the show, both Scott and I managed to acquire one of these. Yay. Um, and, of course, the first thing I thought when we saw this set was, you know, my God, that's another set that's gigantic. Um, but we'll get to that shortly. Um, so the Thanos Imperative, doing a little bit of background for those people who aren't sort of hugely you know, familiar um, with this and you're wondering why it's called the Thanos Imperative, given that Thanos is not actually in it. Um, when Abnett and Lanning, the, um, the co-writing team, relaunched uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy and Nova and, and were pretty much um, single-handedly responsible for giving us uh, the movie that we enjoyed so much, um, they, uh, amongst other things, had a couple of uh, event series, the first one being Annihilation, um, which was followed not long after by um, The War of Kings, and the third event um, that those guys did was uh, The Thanos Imperative, and uh, so that's why they've, they've obviously chosen to go with that, um, and as we said, Thanos is not actually a figure in the series, but I think that's because he was lined up for a... Um, uh, a builder figure down the track with Marvel Legends. So anyway, we uh, have our hot little hands on this item, and uh, Scott mentioned before in regards to the, the Marvel Universe set that there's a bit of a, a wacky packaging, and this one is no different. Um, this is an interesting one. This mm. is interesting. I, I don't know about you, but I was completely confounded by this <laughs> thing. Um, so it's, um, it's, it's a, a very large thin box similar to the Thunderbolts one um, however instead of having sort of like a, a standard you know, flap I guess you'd say um, it actually has um, rocket wings, some kind of, you know whether they're meant to be, they're not quite Galactus's, you know head flaps, they're just these weird yeah. that stick out the side. Yeah, this had the I think potential to be an awesome design um, but 
I found it really weird just to try and work out how to take it apart, but also how to, I mean, as you can see from uh, photos, the uh, top of this slides up so that on the front you can see, you know, a little uh, bit of detail and pictures of the figures. And then on the back, it opens, Galactus's mouth opens up and you see Blastar. But you actually can't, um, I couldn't anyway work out how to keep it up. Um, yeah. So, that, like to photograph it, you know, for example, which I just found a bit odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Um, the thing I found actually was I thought there might be a simple way to get the figures out, and uh, <laughs> that was anything but, um, yeah, but the case. And what what you end up having to do is um, basically open the top of the box and slide out a, a very large tray, which features the uh, the four main figures. Um, but then you sort of either have to open the bottom of the box, or you sort of tip it upside down and shake the bejeebas out of it to get a, um, a secondary tray which has the the blaster uh, figure in it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all a bit wonky. Look, it's it's interesting. Uh, I'm not quite sure why they went for the Galactus kind of picture on the back. Um, that That's not actually Galactus. That's kind of like the Cancerverse um, Galactus, which is part of the storyline. Um, you know, there's a, a huge rift in space and there's a, an alternate um, dimension that's basically coming out uh, into our universe and there are kind of, um, oh, not really, they're not really undead, but yeah, it's hard to explain, um, alternate versions of our characters and, and there is actually a Galactus who looks like that. Um, you know, it's a bit of an odd choice given that he doesn't pay, he doesn't play any kind of major role in the series. Hmm. Um, anyway, so look, it's, um, it's a bit of a hassle to open. Um, one of the things I've found really bizarre is it's one of those things where, um, you know, a couple of the characters, um, Gladiator, for instance, who has a cape, um, it's one of those ones where he's laying in a tray, but this enormous cape is shoved through a sort of small hole in the tray and you've got to, you know, wrench it out. So, look, if you were really, really careful, this could be collector-friendly. Um I got pissed off at the end and just started ripping. It um, <laughs> I am um, uh, my impression of it. It's collector friendliness changed. Um, you know, when I first looked at it, because uh, one nice thing is that there are no twist ties, you know, plastic things, etc., um, in there. But it, it is harder to get out than than uh, what I initially imagined. You could actually put it back together if you wanted to, but by the time you'd gone through all the effort of getting all that out, I don't know if you could possibly be bothered. <laughs> mm, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Um, my gladiator was quite easy to uh, get out because his head popped off when I tried to. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll, I'll be mentioning that a little bit later. Um, all right. So, look, this is a five-figure set. We get four regular figures. They are um, Black Bolt and Medusa, the uh, king and queen of the Inhumans. Um, we get Gladiator from the Shi'ar Imperial Guard, um, who's currently the Shi'ar Emperor. And uh, we actually get a, a the comic-accurate reboot Star-Lord. So this is the Star-Lord as he uh, appeared when Abnett and Lanning um, rebooted the Guardians of the Galaxy. So, um, so you know, he's not the classic Star-Lord, but he's certainly comic-accurate um, as opposed to the recent movie version that we got. Um, and then the fifth and final figure is the oversized. And uh, do you actually pronounce it as Blastar? Um, 
Yeah, well, that's what um, I would say. I don't, right, yeah. We're going to go with Blastar. But anyway, yeah. the, the cosmic villain, Blastar, who's hassled the Fantastic Four um, over the years, uh, yeah, he's the oversized figure um, who can't be seen until you flip the box upside down and slide the bottom <laughs> out. Yeah, it's, it's all very odd. Anyway, all right, so we're going to kick things off, and, and we're not going to go sort of completely uh, Toy of the Week berserk with these figures. We're just going to sort of um, point out some observations. And the first um, first cab off the rank is Medusa. Now, this is Medusa in her more modern appearance, um, so she doesn't have that sort of classic Kirby uniform. Um, she does actually have the – she still re- retains the, the colour of the classic costume, but this is more of the, the full bodysuit. Um, so this is the new Marvel Legends female buck, the one that's turned up on a few different characters like the White Queen and the Black Cat. Um, certainly the um, the obvious thing straight away is the hair with Medusa. They've gone for a, an entirely new head sculpt. Um, quite a pretty face. Mm. She's um, nicely sculpted. The Certainly the paint on the face of mine is... Um, Nicely applied, the the, the eyes are, are well done. Um, the hair, uh, she has bright hair, bright red hair. Uh, they've done some nice sort of shading, but I think what it is, they've cast it in one particular colour and then sort of painted over it with huh. the red. Huh. Um, <clears throat> a couple of observations about this figure. Um, mine isn't particularly well painted at all. Um, I'm not impressed with how they've applied the um, the purple, sort of it's a metallic purple that highlights a lot of her costume. Uh, in fact, to me, it looks like they've actually cast the figure in the blue that is the um, the rest of her costume and painted over it. But because mm. the purple purple won't paint over the blue, I think they've actually applied silver first and then painted over the purple because I've got little silver edges everywhere. So just under mm. her knees, for example, I've got little silver edges where the purple hasn't quite um, met up with the blue and um, the other thing I noticed, too, is that her neck is actually a different colour to her head because I'd say her head is cast in the flesh-coloured plastic, but her yep. neck is the uh, is the blue and it's been painted over with the flesh. Um, and they haven't done a particularly good job, so it's got a kind of a bluey tinge to it. Um, but, I mean, you know, to, to stand back and look at it, it's actually quite an attractive figure with the, the mm. nice face sculpt, but... Mm. Um, Really, this is the worst paint of the five figures for me, Um, Hmm. particularly if you look on the back of her legs on her calves. um, The paint is really, really badly applied. Mine isn't isn't so bad. I can see the silver uh, theory now that you're talking about it. I I do agree that I think it's been cast in that um, darker colour and painted on, Um, but I... I like the face sculpt so much because that to me has always been one of the real weaknesses of this line is mm. just really ugly women, yep. um, you know, really badly done or just really neutral um, head sculpts, you know, and the the face on this is lovely. Um, so, and I think they've also done a good job of um, balancing out this figure that it is, I mean, obviously, um, she's not super easy to pose because she's got this heavy hair, but it's not actually as bad as I thought it was going to be. You can actually achieve some quite nice kind of crouching um, poses that are using the hair to obviously keep her upright but don't look like it. Um, so I was really yeah. happy with that. Yeah, I, I found I had no choice but to bend her knees um, to get her into a pose. So I've got her, you know, doing a bit of a, a squatted yeah, uh, same. thing happening. Um, I, I think 
you know, the obvious thing that she suffers from here is the entire weight of that sculpted hair um, rests solely on the neck joint. Yeah. So yep. you've got this this little joint with this huge weight hanging off it, and um, for the life of me, I could not get her to stand up. Um, no, on, no, 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 no. She she um, automatically goes for the uh, the, the fall. Yep. Um, she's some um, quite interesting in terms of um, the open handed sculpt so mm. she doesn't actually mm. feature fists but um yeah look uh, i think it's frustrating that that they've starting to pick up the pace with these really nice face sculpts yet they've insisted on going with these um really interesting feet that have high-heeled shoes <laughs> um but of course that brings the heels in really close to the ball of the foot and it reduces the surface mm. space um i can't get my white queen to stand either <sighs> so uh, i hope that's something that they they do actually plan on addressing here on the track yeah. So anyway, all right. Um, so moving on, uh, we'll go from uh, the Queen to the King, and we go to Black Bolt. Now, um, Black Bolt has actually come to us before in in Marvel Legends. It was a wave that wasn't particularly distributed well, so a lot of people actually missed the figure, and he's been very very hard to get. Um, this figure, I think, is the the least needed uh, of the five. Um, I a lot of people actually said that you know this is a, a makeup. We, you know we keep referring to apology figures from Hasbro. You know that we're getting an apology, um, you know White Queen and an apology uh, Scarlet Witch, etc. And that this is an apology Black Bolt. But um, I, I don't know what um, what all the hate's about. Um, I actually think the previous Black Bolt figure is actually quite a nice figure. Uh, I don't understand why we needed a um, a makeup figure. Um, this one uses this new Marvel Legends buck that. Um, seems to be the standard buck they're using for, a, a, I guess, what you'd call a, an ordinary male. Um, we've seen it most recently on uh, figures like the, the new Hydra agent that, that came in a Captain America wave. We've seen it on the Cyclops that came in the Wolverine Legends wave. Um, and it's, you know, incredibly muscular. There's a lot of detail hmm. in muscles. Like, every muscle has striations. And if you look at the previous black bolt that we received um he, he's a lot smoother huh. he, he doesn't have the level of um, detail that this one does um the one major observation between this and the old figure is that his glider wings are actually solid plastic uh as opposed to the previous figure where they attempted to do it with um, a material um, and certainly, I guess it's a, a bit more aesthetically pleasing if you are going to go for that um, flying pose compared to the material. But, yep. um, you know, look, I, I gave them credit for the previous figure for trying. Hmm. Um, this one's actually not too bad in terms of paint. Uh, there's not a lot to it. He's sculpted, uh, sorry, he's cast almost entirely in black plastic and then he's had silver highlights applied. Um, there's a few places where the silver just has not been uh, applied particularly well. Um, you know, I think Gertie was having a pretty bad week when she was um, painting uh, this particular set for, for Hasbro. Mm -mm -mm -mm. But my black bolt has got the worst paint of... Uh, the, the only one that I has, has really got paint issues for me. Um, the silver uh, lines on his chest have got some kind of bubbling under them yes. that almost make it look like... Like it was like a decal that wasn't applied properly or something. I don't know. Yes. Um, but yeah, that you know, which that's kind of like you know, you had one job here, one color. Yep. Um So, but still not not bad. I prefer these um, glider wings to the fabric ones. Um, just you know, it's uh, less limiting um, in terms of poses. Um, 
One thing I did think, because this is the second Black Bolt that we have received, it might have been nice to actually do a like a yelling head sculpt. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, instead of another, um, you know, blank one, um, yeah, just for something the, different. In fact, both facial, uh, both head sculpts are, are very similar to each other. Yeah, they are, yeah. Um, you, you wouldn't really know. And, and, yeah, I was just looking at the silver paint on mine, and there's a couple of places where it really goes into the creases of the muscular musculature hmm, uh, of hmm. this figure where it just hasn't gone all the way. So yeah, yeah. little black dots and lines where it just has not gone all the way. Um, the other thing I actually think is quite interesting is the original figure actually has open hands. So you can hmm. sort of go for that um, that sort of flying pose with yeah, the open yeah. hands or putting his hands up, you know, to do a, a Tarzan yell or something. But this one actually <laughs> chosen to um, to go with fists. So, but uh, anyway, look, he's he's here. Um, he's uh, slightly shorter than his wife. Um, I, I'll put that down to her heels because yep. she's she's a fraction taller than than he is. <clears throat> Moving on to a um, hmm, bit of a mixed bag for me, I think, and uh, that is Gladiator, uh, who has to be one of the most um, requested characters to, to be done by Marvel Legends, a, a well and truly overdue figure. Um, this is a, a hmm, interesting figure. They've gone for this new Hyperion buck. Um, the one that was used, obviously, for Hyperion and, uh, and the, you know, the one day we'll get Radioactive Man. Yep. Um, hmm. Where do we start? Where do we start? Um, look, you know, the colour choices uh, are quite nice, the way they finished it off with a um, metallic blue. Um, so his costume is predominantly blue and red. Um, what's odd here is, again, they've gone for this thing where it's been cast in a metallic blue and then they just painted over it with the red. Huh. And there are certain places like uh, around his, his abs um, where the red hasn't really covered it in its entirety. So you can see some of that blue coming through. But then it's actually contrasted by the, um, you know, by the feet and the lower legs, which are obviously completely separate pieces um, and have been cast in red. Um, he, he's a big guy. He's actually six foot six in the comics. So, that, you know, that's the same height as Hercules and Luke Cage. Um, so I could see the logic in actually going for that bigger buck, but that's actually not that much bigger than, you know, the normal superheroes that are around sort of six foot two, um, you know, like Captain America and that. And so I, I just don't know that this buck is, is working for me. Yeah. I, 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 the thing I don't like about this buck is that I think it's too kind of squat. It's stout. Isn't yeah. It? It's stout. Like it's not, um, I would like slightly taller, and um, you know, it's, it's obviously not thin, but because they're they've gone more for kind of width than height, it's just overly muscled. And then I, I think actually a bit hard to um, pose really mm. um, because it, of it. And and why it's also odd is um, I mean it's obviously a big buck, and you know if you're standing next to Black Bolt, um, he's not that much bigger than Black Bolt. But then if you actually stare at their feet. You've got a guy who's got like a, a size nine shoe, and then a guy who's got like a size twenty four shoe. <laughs> well, you know um, what they say about guys with size twenty four yes, shoes. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and for the life of me, I cannot get his cape to sit well. It's like um, the, his cape actually has a peg um, built into it, and that peg is actually meant to go into a hole on his back. And I cannot get that peg to stay in the hole. Um, okay. Therefore, 
therefore his cape just will not sit well around his um around his neck. So yeah, his cape is just all over the place for me at the moment. Okay. I don't I didn't even notice the peg. Um, there you well, go. Mine came off when I, I yanked him out of the packaging. Uh see my head came off but not the cape. Yes. So there you go. <laughs> So, look, the cape is really well done. It's lovely, um, lovely. I've actually seen this cape before. If I have, I can't recall. So you've got some really amazing sort of wrinkles and drapery happening. Um, when you look at a cape from behind, you can see there's some shortcomings in the way they've airbrushed the gold hmm. um, over the, the cast red plastic. It's a um, little bit of overspray here and there. Um, it's interesting. This is obviously a bit more of a modern interpretation of Gladiator because he's... Um, the gold on his cape and his logo, etc., are actually yellow in hmm. his earlier appearances. They've obviously decided to change it to gold over um, the time. Um, he's actually got a pretty interesting face sculpt. It's actually not bad. Yeah, I like uh, it. He doesn't actually have any pupils, so that's um, pretty quick and easy. The mohawk looks really, really nifty. Hmm. Um, you've got to be careful when you do the black part of his... Um, his his hair on the sides because um, a lot of people thought that this was actually a helmet, but it's not. His um his hair is actually shaved on the sides and then he's got the mohawk, hmm. uh, and the mohawk's got a little bit of sort of blue highlights just to sort of um bring it out. Um, what's quite interesting though with with Gladiator is he's got a um he's got a, a ball and socket um uh for the for the head, but he's also got a um pin and disc in the neck as well and so there's a, a huge amount of range with this head you can really sort of put it right back or right forward um so if you wanted to put him in a flying pose you could really tilt it back which is not too bad considering you've got this mohawk competing with the cape hmm. but um it's also really loose on mine his his head sort of flops around yes really easily yeah i have got the same issue um which on one level it gives you more range but then on another level um i think particularly with the cape and how much movement there is in the cape depending on the angle that you're trying to pose him at it can make the head um too floppy and then hard to manage yeah yeah um i mean look you know the, the best thing about some of these new bucks that um have are producing is they come with ankle rockers and, and that goes um, a huge way into being able to pose these figures properly so um look most of these figures have your standard articulation for marvel legends he's got double knee joints double elbow joints he's got an ab crunch um all the usual sort of stuff and of course the you know the ankle rockers that i mentioned um pin and disc in the um in the uh, the wrists so um, you know lots of really good articulation um you know, look, I uh, I wouldn't mind having this guy on my shelf. Um, only problem is, some time ago, I actually did a, um, a custom of Gladiator using a, a DC Universe Classics buck as the base, um, and I I honestly don't feel that this figure is good enough to actually replace that custom. So um, this guy won't be going on my shelf. Mm. Well, that's awesome for the 0.01% of the world that has made a Gladiator costume that's so good. Yeah, sorry about that. The rest of us can make do. That's right. Yeah. That's I really like this figure. I think it's, um, you know, it, like you said, it is it is such a uh, been such a popularly requested um, figure. And my ideal would have been a little bit thinner yeah. Um, and taller, but I'm gonna, you know, happily include this, and I, I, I like the logic of including him with these characters as well. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I think the, the best thing about this is n- none of this figure says we phoned it in. Like, oh no, 
they've they've clearly made the effort with the cape, with the head sculpts, yeah. um, made use of an existing large buck. Um, yeah, but and I think credit to them for that buck as well, even though it's not perfect. Um, you know, it is like credit to them for trying to establish that larger male buck. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 All right, well, <clears throat> moving on to our fourth standard figure, and that is the uh, Star-Lord figure. Now, as I mentioned, this is actually comic accurate, and if you were actually going to look up the um, some some reference photos, you'd see that this is actually very, very accurate. This is exactly as he appeared in um, in the reboot of the Abnett and Lanning series. Um, the, the thing that this figure says straight away is that you can tell that uh, this figure is the sole reason we got the AIM agent in the Captain America series. <laughs> the buck that this is um, using um, is exactly the same as the AIM agent. The only thing Okay, that is- see, I haven't got an AIM agent yet, so I had not made that connection. Ah, okay. Well, the only thing that is different between this and the AIM agent is the belt. So the AIM agent has a slightly different belt, and um, I can actually wriggle my little belt on Star-Lord, and so that says to me that this is a little yeah. sort of extra piece. So really, um, other than the head and the belt, this is the AIM agent in its entirety, down to um, the linings on the jacket, the buttons down the front uh, of his, his coat, the gloves, um, the boots and everything, the, the sort of um, the pointy cowboy boots. Um, he's the only figure that actually comes with accessories. He comes with his two guns, um, and this is awesome. I really, really like this figure. Oh, I think beautiful. the head sculpt is um, is just a work of art. Yeah. The helmet that he wears, it's got that sort of crazy kind of, um, um, trying to think what sort of era it comes in. It's kind of got that sort of French military helmet from, you know, the 1700s. Yeah. Um, really nicely applied paint on mine. He's got some sort of nifty little sort of light-up bits um, going on on the face mask, sort of some orange and yellow highlights, and they've done that really, really well. Um, some of the red is actually really poorly done. His costume is um, blue, so the figure's cast in blue plastic and is is then highlighted in red. And, it, again, it suffers from that thing where whoever came along with the, the red brush, yeah. you, know, you had one job. Um, and, you know, if I spin my figure around and look at the, the back of him along the back of his coat, um, you know, it's they've slopped it onto the blue um, there's areas where the red hasn't covered the blue properly. Um, so this is, you know, something that's very, very common to all the figures in my set. Hmm. So, but having said that, I, you know, this figure's pretty close to being the best of the bunch for me. I'm really quite impressed um, with this. And uh, I always have the movie version of Star-Lord, so I'll be actually taking him down and replacing him with this figure. There you go. So I think it's um, a really nifty figure. Um, and, of course, because it's the AIM agent, you know, he comes with uh, all the usual articulation, double-jointed elbows, knees, um, all that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> something I did before as we were um, – before we started recording and we were just chatting amongst ourselves, um, I actually popped his head off. And because Ooh. it is a standard um, ball and socket, I popped his head off and I actually put on the, uh, the Chris Pratt head that comes with the movie version. Ah. And um, it fits beautifully. Awesome. So you could actually have your unhelmeted Star-Lord in your collection and he could be, you know, sitting there with his helmet under his arm if you were so inclined. Love it. The the only nickel I had with this is that, um, to me, the guns just are a tiny bit loose. Um, he, He doesn't grip them. And just for posing, like when I was doing photos, it just irritated me a bit. Um, But that's a minor niggle. It's 
I think this is something that's really, really common with action figures. It's where if you if you line the gun up with the the forearm and you put it in a straight line, then the the, the finger doesn't quite go in the trigger guard and the, the you know the gun gets floppy. So you've got to sort of push it out slightly. So he's sort of holding them at awkward kind of angles. But um, yeah, they are a bit loose, aren't they? Mm, mm. So um, and of course they. Um, you know, have these great guns with these big honking barrels that um, yeah, yeah. they haven't been drilled out. So the customizer in me just, you know, wants to drill out the barrels of those guns just to make them look a bit more effective. But, um, <laughs> you know, this is a really beautiful figure. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we actually got him in the series. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, that brings us to the fifth and final figure, and uh, he's uh, pretty darn huge. <laughs> and that is Blaster, the living bomb burst. Um, as he is known, um, <clears throat> this is the guy who lives in the negative zone and uh, has been has- hassling the Fantastic Four and the Avengers and, and Thor and whatnot for um, many, many years. He's been around for a, a long, long time. And um, this is another one of those sort of characters that Abdon and Lanning uh, resurrected and, and um, had appearing here and there as he fights with Annihilus and teams up with Nova and does all that sort of thing. Um, a lot of the comments that came out when this figure was first announced is that um, he looked really sort of odd. He wasn't comic accurate. Um, this is actually uh, almost a, a perfect representation of how he appears in the Abnett and Lanning series. Hmm. So um, if you have actually read those, you'll see that, you know, this is how he looks. Uh, originally, um, a, a Jack Kirby creation, he had more of a, um, oh, you'd almost call it like a, a high-tech sort of wrestling lycra outfit. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, with just some plain blue boots. So they've just sort of updated him a bit. Okay, so this is a, an oversized figure. That's pretty obvious. And this, as far as I can tell, is the buck that they used for the um, Avengers movie Hulk. Okay. And then they most recently reused it for the um, Ultimate Green Goblin Builder figure. So that's why um, they managed to sort of um, do that so easily. Um, And that's really evident when you look at, um, you know, Blastar's add-on bits. He's got these kind of huge, um, you know, wristband um, type things and he's got huge knee pads um, and all those uh, additional pieces that look like they've just been um, put over the top of the existing forearms to create, um, you know, those extra bits. Um, I don't know whether the knees down is the um, the Green Goblin figure. That might actually be nearly sculpted pieces for this. Um, so he's cast in grey plastic and um, there's not a lot going on. They've obviously painted the, um, the bottom half blue. Um, what is interesting is some poor soul has had to sit there and add chest hair <laughs> to this character. So in dark grey, they've got all these little marks indicating a hairy chest and, boy, howdy, did they earn their money for however long that took. Um, there's not a lot of paint going on here, so there's not a lot of room for um, for slop and that sort of thing. Um, in terms of sculpt, their head's obviously an entirely new sculpt, and it is beautiful. It is so well done. There's just so much hair going on with this. He's got his little sort of um, beard braid happening. Um, really nice sort of face. He's got you know nice big... Uh, sort of menacing grin on his face. Uh, I was actually impressed that the, um, the the red in his eyes, the pupils in his eyes, and also the um, the black and white uh, of his teeth were all really, really well applied. Um, normally that's where figures can, can yeah, suffer yeah, yeah. the mouth area, but mine's actually really nicely applied. I was quite impressed. 
So, yeah, very nice head sculpt on this guy. Yeah, I I love it. I think it's a really fantastic effort. And, um, you know, you could have gotten away with another kind of standard size figure in this set. Um, And so just Mm. including Blastar, which, again, is another, you know, regularly asked for um, figure in this line, is uh, great, great. Yeah, and it's interesting because um, Quasar actually features um, quite heavily in um, the Thanos Imperative storyline, so they could have quite easily added yeah. a, um, a Quasar figure. Um, in terms of articulation, you know, if you've got the uh, one of the other two figures, you'll pretty much work that out, double-jointed um, huh. elbows and that sort of thing. He's restricted a little bit because of his um, his his knee joint. Um, so he's got sort of, you know, big chunky knee pads which sort of get in the way a little bit, but um, it's really not noticeable because I don't think people will do too much in terms of posing just sort of get him into a bit of a brutal pose and leave him. Um, he does have some neck articulation for um, for what it's worth, and it's incredibly limited because you can sort of turn his head a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, and there's almost no up and down um, articulation at all. Um, I'd like to take a moment to talk about Blastar's belt. Okay, I've okay. had that moment. It's yep. been and gone. Yep. It's passed. Uh, uh, the uh, reason why it was a fleeting moment is because my Blastar didn't come with a belt. <gasps> So, there you go. Huh. Very odd. Very odd. That's um, strange. Yeah, I was kind of looking at him, and um, I was actually looking at the figure and going, oh, look, he's wearing jeans, because you, <laughs> you can see the pockets on the back of his jeans so that um, Blastar can pop his cell phone in there <laughs> when he's um, menacing his um, his subordinates. And uh, you know, it's even got the, the dots on the... Um, the, the pockets for the jeans and I was sort of looking at it and going, oh, you look at it, you know, it even buckles up at the front like a uh, pair of jeans and I would have thought they'd put a belt on that and then I looked at the box and went, oh, we should have a belt. Mine my, just didn't. Mine's got a one. belt. Yeah, obviously yeah. the um, belt guy was just spaced out momentarily when this one was coming past. <laughs> yeah, it's another case of, you know, you had one job. One job. Come on. One job. So, um, hey, maybe I'll write to Hasbro and go, yeah, my figure's incomplete. Can I get a belt and I'll, I'll see how that goes. Yeah, they'll send you a whole new set, I'm sure. Mm. Um, one thing I find odd about this is um, the like he has got articulated uh, wrists that are for up down movement, but then his which is kind of good for um, you know being able to pose um, his hands, but then he's got these huge. Uh, bracelets that basically make that moot because you can't kind of bend the hands anywhere. (laughs) So particularly the fist one, you kind of look at it, such a huge joint. You look at it and like, so what can I do with this? Like not, not much actually. Yeah. And it's a little bit limited too with the elbows, you know, you start to to bend his arm in and and then sort of these, these sort of yeah bracelets get in the way. Mm. So, but overall, he's very welcome, an amazing figure and um, yeah, yeah, a welcome addition. Very welcome. Villain shelf. Yep. All right. Wow. I think this is a, uh, a, a, like, obviously we've got some QC issues we've discussed, but this is a great set in terms of um, giving, you know, really decent versions of characters um, that, you know, have been asked for for quite some time. Obviously, you know, the classic Kletcher and me would have loved a, a classic Medusa, but we did get a classic Medusa in the, the Marvel Universe line last year. Um, and, you know, it is a, it, it, to me, it says, 
somebody who really understood the source material and also a set that collectors would really um, appreciate. And Blastar and Gladiator in particular, you know, stuff that means someone's listening to the things that we are asking for. And so I think there's a bit of um, hopefulness there. I think this is a huge improvement from the Thunderbolt set just in terms of character selection, like those are, you know, versions of characters that I would never want. Um, And, uh, you know, characters that I would love in versions that are not what I want. And so this is a huge improvement for me from last year. Yeah. And look, I I think this is exactly what I want from, from my Marvel legends. I mean, sometimes it's, it's not quite the version that I want, but it's still a character that I want. Um, Really the only critique I have is that, um, other than the, you know, quality assurance uh, aspect, but Hey, that's not new to action figures. Um, And that is the availability. Um, It really is quite difficult in that, you know, they make this uh, a Comic-Con exclusive, which, you know, rules out anyone who doesn't go to Comic-Con, but also rules out anyone who doesn't live in America because, um, you know, as we know, the leftovers of these items do show up on uh, Hasbro Toy Shop uh, a few weeks after the show, um, but they don't ship internationally. Hmm. So, you know, once again, they're they're completely, um, you know, isolating uh, a whole group of fans that want to buy their product and you know we've talked about this before about you know why would companies go out of their way to produce product that you know they can't sell to their fans yeah, that's right. um, but look overall if if this is the sort of stuff we're finally going to start seeing from hasbro then it'll be welcome i i think probably the truth of it is that some of this is just stuff that they would put out at retail if people would stock it. Mm. But, you know, if it's not tied to a movie. It's not tied to, you know, something that um, that your toy buyers at Kmart and Target, et cetera, are going to actually say, oh, yeah, that'll sell. Um, you know, so, but even to do it through previews or, you know, something would, um, would I think, make it financially worthwhile, but it's probably hard to kind of, justify i mean i think that the you know we're a bit spoiled for um choice at the moment in terms of actually having superhero stuff at retail even though it's not the stuff that we want but you know there are at the moment here in australia at least yeah you can you can expect kind of at least an aisle if not kind of two of marvel and some dc stuff um but it is all tied to some sort of movie or animated property Mm. there's you know there's very and and the collector stuff that is at retail is stuff that they're really having to sneak in um so this would this just wouldn't fly yeah, that's, that's, right. that's the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Well, that was uh, quite enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nice to get our hands on some Marvel Legends again. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, that wraps up our discussion topic, and we'll come back in a moment with some feedback before we wrap things up. To stop the evil doomsday, you need a hero who's more than a man. Superman. He's been called the greatest, the strongest, the first among heroes. High-voltage villain Conduit is powered by Kryptonite, but with Krypton Cannon blasting, Laser Superman powers him down. Conduit will learn, don't mess with the S. Superman! It's the dreaded Doomsday, the most fearsome force in the universe. Even Doomsday will learn, you don't mess with the S. Superman! Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. And if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. And we have plenty of feedback tonight, but uh, John, you're going to kick things off. 
Yeah, I got this on a rock that was thrown through my front window. So. Finally, you've been listening yeah. to us. Thank you, people. <laughs> and it says, "It says, dear AFB, I'm sorry about last week's red card. I managed to snag a bunch of Guardians of the Galaxy mini mates right after recording. No Gamora, though. My bad, John. So, yes, I went out right after recorded and I found Guardians mini mates and I felt bad about last week's red card. <laughs> Although has." Although Hasbro's the one that got it, not the that's right. Makes people, that's but, a, totally different. But don't, I still managed to. We don't. We don't take red. We don't take back red cards around here. Never. Mm, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. And the mini mates are sweet. Oh, okay, they come with stands. Should review them sometime. Yeah, I should. Yes. That's, they're actually over waiting for pictures right now. Yeah, they're Excellent. lined up on my table. So. <laughs> All right, moving on, Mr. Adam. Hello. Yes, I have uh, a wonderful, wonderful message from Patrick Eakers. He says, John, I'm guessing Blip must have brought up the remnants of Zag toys. These DC guys were previously labelled as Grab Zags, and I picked up a couple last fall and never saw them again. I did see a couple recently while hunting for the Marvel Legends Venom at Walgreens and just figured they were old stock recessing and and didn't notice a Blip logo. Under Grab Zags, they released a Marvel series, a movie Avengers series, and an Ultimate Spider-Man series. They seem to originate in Japan as small toys. I found a Comics Avengers series on eBay. So this is in relation to John's Toy of the Week last week, um, which was good clarification for me because when I tried to find some photos of uh, the blip toys, I couldn't really find anything. So there you go. Yeah, it was hard. I mean, even when we were looking, you know, because I was trying to find some for the guys to look at, we couldn't find any. Um, It looks like Zag... It just doesn't exist as a toy company anymore. No. And their parent, their parent company looks like they only do marketing and stuff. So this must have been some kind of marketing arrangement they had with, you know, Marvel or somebody. Yeah. And then, uh, Blip must be buying up, you know, whatever or using the molds or something to, to come out with these new series. Mm. Yep. Mm. You yeah. learn something every day. Mm. Oh, thank you, Patrick. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, we made Ben drop out. <laughs> wow, that's that's fascinating, Ben. Mm. That's the best bit of and feedback we... you've ever given, Ben. And when you were told you had herpes, what did the doctor say? <laughs> <coughs> All right. I think he said the same thing the fox says. Ah! Oh. Don't start... I fucking hate that song. I really like Foxes, so I hate that song. It's thoroughly inaccurate. It's hilarious. Those guys are so it's funny. Not. Uh, Have you ever seen their... Um... I can't be friends with you anymore, Scott. No, it's it's all satire. It's not like... The... Yeah. Hi. Uh-oh. John? Yes. Oh, cool. cool. I don't know what happened there. I don't know. Adam said he couldn't be friends with you anymore, so I hung up on all of you. No, I don't, I don't know what happened. <laughs> all right. Let's try that again. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. All right. In five, four, three, 
And our next piece of feedback comes from Cass in Benton, Illinois, presuming that IL stands for Illinois. I'm it does. Good. That's where I'm from. I'm not good at my American. Do you know Cass? Uh, I'm not from Benton, Illinois. I'm just from Illinois. Hmm. All right. Yeah. It's all the same. Anyway. Cass goes on to say, hello, guys. First, I wanted to say thank you for the great podcast. Since I've been in the process of paying off a lot of debt over the past year, I haven't been able to collect figures like I'd want to, so vicariously living through you guys has been great. <laughs> uh, also, do you guys follow the Four Horsemen? If so, do you think you might be able to do a show with them? I saw some coverage of their new line of toys they're hoping to kickstart this year, which I think looks fantastic. It's called Mythic Legions, I believe. Um, and I guess the short answer is yes, uh, we do follow the Four Horsemen. Um, via Facebook and, and all that sort of thing. And, yeah, the Four Horsemen, there's some guys that we've considered interviewing um, for a while now, but I guess during sort of that um, that peak of DC Universe classics, uh, you know, every man and their dog were interviewing the Four Horsemen, so we didn't know that we had that much um, that we could offer. But um, now if they're doing something new, maybe we can remedy that. For sure. Hmm. All right. Uh, Very good. Thanks, Cass. Yeah. All right. And I have got our last bit of feedback, and this is from our friend Jeremy, also known as Hyperion. And he has uh, he sent me a list of other um, possible properties that Funko has yet to take up. And he included in there Magnum P.I., Airwolf, Love Boat, Fantasy Island, the A-Team, 70s detectives like Columbo, Macmillan and Wife, Banachek, Rockford, etc., MacGyver, uh, Stargate from the movie to the series, Farscape, and Galaxy Quest. Those are actually some really good ideas there. There's a couple there that I just, I'm actually quite surprised. Like the A-Team is one I just would have assumed would have been done some time ago, and I just, you know, don't, because I don't have a huge amount of interest, I just never noticed them. But, um, yeah, I, I wonder if there's some kind of issue there. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think if you look kind of at what the, they do tend to do, they tend to be properties that are either current or have had some sort of reboot, you know, et cetera. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they will get to some of these things or maybe some of them just aren't, aren't on the table licensing-wise. But give them time. Yeah. Okay. Give them time. Uh, True, because I mean, you know, Stargate's got a pretty loyal following, and it's been through a number of incarnations. So yeah. I, um, it's oh, um, what about uh, Babylon Five? Mm. Yeah. True. Yep. True. Yep. Cool. Hey, I also wanted to give a, a shout out um, to someone. Um, my dear wife, who, as you know, is regularly stated here, really doesn't understand any of this. Um, it doesn't stop her from telling other people about what we do. And uh, she got us a new listener a couple of weeks ago. Um, a guy came to her work to give a quote for something, and he no- she noticed that he had a, I think, uh, some sort of superhero. Um, background on his iPad and she said, Oh my, you know, my husband loves superheroes. He collects stuff. He has a podcast. And the guy came back a couple of weeks later and, um, said that he was listening and that he loved the show. So I think his name is Byron. So hi, Byron. If you're out yeah. there, thanks for listening. Hello. Yay. Very Howdy. good. Yep. That's cool. Yay. All right, guys. That's the, uh, that's the end of another hockey episode. Woohoo. Thank you for your company. Pleasure. And we wrap up and say goodbye. 
Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Auf Wiedersehen. Good night, Argentina. Yep. Good night, um, Austria. Yep. Au revoir, Canada. Uh, well, au revoir, Quebec. Yeah, I don't think the rest of Canada really wants to hear that, John. They have to take it in school. That was a bit of a sore point, though, really. I mean, what a way to end the show. Jeez. <laughs> Good day. Sorry, Canada. Sorry, the rest of Canada. I think we should probably come back and uh, do some articulated news. Cool. We didn't ask Ben what he did this week. Oh, no. Ben, what did you do this week? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I did various things. Okay. Can, do, you, do, you, do you want to cut in your little update, life update? I'm sure I'll survive. Oh, okay. Well, we, <laughs> you didn't give us a chance to ask you. It's, it's your fault. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is going to be an editing nightmare. I'll just start again with these DC Universe 20 inches. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. So you were um, Batman and Joker. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'll just count myself in. Yeah. Okay. That's Ben's job. Fuck you. <laughs> Five. <laughs> No, it's Ben's job to hand over in between presenters. Um, but in the middle of my segment, I can count myself in. Who makes these rules? Me! I make the rules. 